Things gay people like. Things gay people like. Things gay people like. Things gay people like. And also things that people who don't identify as gay like. And I'm not saying all gay people like all these things because we all have our own interests. Hello and welcome to Things Gay People Like. My name is Kevin and this is my pop culture podcast. It's all about celebrating whatever you like, whoever you are. This is our 20th episode and when we did the 10th episode, we marked the anniversary with a a Mariah special. So we're doing that again today. This is Mariah part two. Ordinarily, I would tell you where to skip to to get to the Mariah stuff, but we kind of talk about her all the way through. So not really much need for that. Going back to the last episode the America's Next Top Model episode. We put the poll up on Twitter asking if you would like to see the show come back. And it was split right down the middle, 50% yes, 50% no. So inconclusive. We'll have another poll for this episode on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at gaypeoplepod. As always, I'll put some stuff up on Instagram as well to do with what we talk about over the course of this episode. If you enjoy it and you feel like uh, telling somebody about it or um, leaving a review if you're on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazing. I hope you do enjoy it. I had a really good time talking to my guests about Mariah, uh, this particular period of Mariah's career and life. As always, my mom will be back at the end, so stick around for that. But in the meantime, let's get on with episode 20. It's time for my guest. Who is it this week? Time for my guest. What is the name? Time for my guest. It's time to find out. Right now. Hi, Matt. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Not too bad. I'm a little bit sick, like I told you, but, you know, we'll manage. We'll we'll make it through. We'll make it through the rain. Uh, We will. So you're based in Paris. You're dialing in from Paris, right? I am, yes. Amazing. I feel like I should make some kind of like tacky Eurovision reference, but I think <laughs> you know, how is um how is Paris these days? It's okay. It's cold. Everyone's pretending that COVID's not happening. You know? Oh, is that the vibe over there? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I would rather pretend it's not happening too. Yeah, then living in the daily reality of it. Dublin, Ireland is a little bit the opposite. It's a bit like everyone's gone back to a few steps backwards in terms of restrictions and stuff like that so it's a bit annoying but we're here to talk about more positive things isn't that right we are we're gonna what, what do we say we love everybody we give them positivity you know we have all of these we have all of the phrases to talk through yeah we're living in the moment of being positive that's another one. living in the moment of being positive that's exactly what it is so how would you say we know each other matt I think that, you know, we, we've crossed paths on, you know, the old gay chat lounge over the years. I Correct. think it's probably going back to the emancipation of Mimi era, I would say. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Around something, that, definitely. Something around that. I, I think so. This was back in the day also, I think, when, you know, there was not the, let's say, the love and affection there is today within the more general public. I think there was a lot of hatred back then. I mean, who gives a fuck whether people don't like her or not? I mean... I, I love her. I, I love what she, you know, has meant for my life. And if you don't like her, that's your own fucking problem. That's not my, you know, it's not my issue. Completely, 100%. So, okay, so we already chatted a little bit about Mariah, but before we get into the deep dive, what other kind of things, musically or otherwise, are you interested in? So I think that my taste has evolved really over the last few years to the extent where it's it's basically now consisting of me listening to anything that sounds like it was potentially yeah. made by a, a female R&B artist in the 90s. So it might be something that was actually made in the 90s or, you know, anything that's been made since then as a throwback. So I think that's kind of my general sonic through line. But I would say my other, you know, major standage in, in, in my life is for Lady Gaga. 
And I always convince myself that I love Mariah and Lady Gaga because they're two Aries, I'm Aries and that they're, they're two Aries and Mariah loves being Aries and they all behave like Aries. So I'm kind of like this, this whole thing, I, I feel kind of like we're part of like a trinity of Aries <laughs> where like I'm not, I'm, I'm not successful. I'm not well known, <laughs> but you know, I can't sing, you know, but you know, I feel like part of this kind of three way loop. No, I totally get that. Listen, I'm a big fan of yours, so I can totally see that you're, you're the three of you guys can be on the same pedestal as far as I'm concerned. Amazing. <laughs> but, well, thank uh, you. So, so Gaga and Mariah, that's uh, interesting to mention them both, though. Have there, has there ever been any particular uh, interaction between those two? There was once an Instagram photo. I think she went to one of Mariah's Vegas shows and there was a picture of them together. Oh, that's right. And I think that's the only time I've seen anything of them together. Yeah. I, I, I think on, on the spectrum, it's like she loves Britney, she hates Christina, and she's like indifferent to Gaga. <laughs> that's okay. They're the three levels. I always think that she always seems a bit odd. I mean, you know, you know what she's like in live, live settings. She always seems a bit odd in all of those different, you know, times you see her in Vegas. I never, sh- I was never sure that was really like a thing that she wanted to do. I always feel now when I see her interviewed, I was watching her being interviewed on something lately and she was saying, you know, she's doing this butterfly lounge thing, which is much more on like studio and having all people come in. And I was like, mm. she seems much more into that than this notion of, you know, being on stage. Yeah, it seemed like something she just kind of felt like she had to do rather than really felt passionate about doing. But she's she's always said, hasn't she, that she just prefers creating and writing and being in the studio and stuff. So the Butterfly Lounge will be interesting, I think. Yeah, I'm totally looking forward to it. I think also, you know, like that we can't, uh, as much as I'm a kind of loon fan, I mean, I don't, I don't deny the, you know, the vocals have suffered over the years. I think that's a pretty tough thing for her to cope with. You know, I always, yeah. I always wonder, like psychologically, what that means to have gone from being the best in the world to being someone who struggles. Yeah. Um, and so I, that's kind of like a part of the story which fascinates me a little bit. And I was a bit disappointed, I guess, in the in the memoir that this was never really touched upon. I know she has touched upon it recently saying like, oh, I feel like my vocals are getting better because I've been able to rest, which is yeah. kind of like a tacit acceptance, I guess. But it's never been said. And I would kind of like it to be said. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I felt the same way about the book. Like if she was really putting it all out there, then that should have been part of it. But I guess it's just something she feels very sensitive about or um conscious of and i can understand that yeah all right okay so again we're still back talking about mariah but before we get in properly to mariah let's talk about some news in tgpl news tgpl news and welcome to tgpl news matt what is your top story at this hour so one is one is related to our major major topic because i was watching um i have a slight problem in that I love to watch American daytime chat shows. And I saw that L.A. Reid was on The Real lately. And they asked him, you know, you know, this versus battles. He was like, who do you want to see doing a versus battle? And he was like, my versus battle that I want to see is Beyonce versus Mariah. Oh, did he say that? Yeah. And he was saying, you know, this is the, these are the only two that can go up against each other. And, you know, as usual, everyone was like fucking falling over themselves to say how fucking fantastic Beyonce is. No one can go up against her. And he was saying, yeah, you know, Mariah's very underrated. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I would like to see this. I would like to see this versus battle. So maybe we can announce this on the news and say, like, <laughs> this is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would Beyonce be your choice then if she was to do a versus? It wouldn't be like a Janet, maybe? Would you go Beyonce? Let's be real, right? The number one choice would have been Whitney. But yeah. I don't have Whitney. So who does that leave us with? It leaves us with Janet, who's from the same era. It leaves us with Celine. But Celine is she's. I mean, she's not in that kind of cool lane. She doesn't have anything cool going on for her. (laughs) 
And I mean, we love Celine, but you know. Yeah, and, of course, of course. But I think Mariah also has her issues with Celine. <laughs> yeah, um, she, she has her issues with many people. <laughs> um, uh, Beyonce, I mean, you could imagine it's happening. I mean, she's friends. She's friendly with Janet too. Yeah, I mean, Janet, Janet, or or, or Beyonce. I think. Yeah. Cool. These yeah. are the only. These are the only two. I mean, do you think there's anyone else? Well, the only other person I heard mentioned was Mary. And I just don't, as much as I like her, I don't see that. I don't see that. We're not talking where, the same level of mainstream success here. Where, where are the hits? What, like Family Affair? <laughs> Family Affair? Okay. I mean, I, I like Mary J. Blige. I have like, I, I was like, a, I was also like a stan in the 90s. I had like, what, the first five albums? Right. Six albums, maybe? Yeah. But no. what, what does the general public know? No, exactly. Family Affair. Maybe No More Drama. No More Drama. What, two songs for one album? Okay. <laughs> fair real love maybe oh yeah maybe that one my top story was about steps how do you feel about steps you know i'm i was a fan back in the day i i mean i've enjoyed aspects of the reunion i never really subscribed to this thing that lisa scott lee is like the queen of fucking life um <laughs> i saw like one of my one of my friends who lives in israel he he had a video that lisa he like a personalized video message from lisa scott lee from his birthday which i thought was quite nice recently yeah I mean, I don't know how much that costs. I might ask him how much it costs to, to get her to give you a, a quick video message. I looked at it recently. Was it on Cameo? Was it on that thing? I don't know. I mean, she was, so it, it was reposted on Instagram stories. Yeah. So I, was like, I was like, okay, cool. She's doing this. Let me just check because my friend, I, I, I saw a screenshot. So she's on Cameo. I guess it was, I guess it must've been Cameo where people do uh, voice messages or video messages, you know, for a price. 75 pounds. I think, uh, <laughs> I mean, good for her. If she can get 10 of those in a day, she's okay. doing well. How much do we think Mariah can charge? <laughs> How much oh would you God. pay? How, How much, much would I pay? pay to get a message for myself? Yeah. Um, probably 250 euro. 250 euro. Okay. Yeah. What would you pay? I mean, I would feel I would feel ridiculous paying anything for it. To be, I would be like, I mean, come on, like getting someone to say hello to you or whatever. I mean, <laughs> it's not like you. It, I think it would be different if you met her right no i know you're right i just think it it would be like a funny thing i don't know i don't know yeah maybe maybe 250 yeah why not <laughs> so you don't really get the lisa scott lee thing that's fine i i, I can i can understand that i just don't care for like untalented people right i understand like everyone like loves to be like oh i'm shaking and crying because she's so fantastic but <laughs> you know off steps i mean we can say like there's like claire faye and Lisa, right? I mean, you can't even see <laughs> He's my done hand a big now. gap with his hands there. <laughs> yeah, my hand is like, is like on the floor. I just wanted to mention that I went to Sea Steps at the O2 last week and I had a wonderful time. That's kind of it. It was just so nice to be in a concert again. Now, there was only four of them. We were missing Lee, but, you know, fine. Honestly, they had a lot. They, they basically did all the hits and a bit of the new stuff. There was a Mariah reference in there, actually. So they sang, like they covered Vogue. They interpolated Vogue with... Um, Better the Devil You Know. And you know the spoken bit in the middle of Madonna's Vogue, you know, Betty Davis and all this. They replaced that with all these 90s icons like TLC and Brandy and, and Mariah Carey gave good faces, what they said. So that was quite a fun little uh, moment. Just from one side, just from the good side. <laughs> just from... <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to say how much I loved it. And they're also headlining Mighty Hoopla. Have you ever been to Mighty Hoopla? Would you ever go? So I don't live in London anymore. But you're I, not far. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw the lineup this year, which seems, I don't know who the fuck made that lineup this year. It's like, it's no longer even trying to be cool. I, it was trying to be cool a few years ago, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was like, kind of like gay adjacent cool. And now it's just like full on fucked up. We don't give a shit whether this is cool or not. 
wait, tell me who's going. Okay, so uh, Steps, Sugar Babes, Jesse Ware, Agnes, Jamelia, the 411, 5. Um... We started off kind of like quite cool and now it like literally has gone down. Like There was a couple it, of cool when, ones in when there. When we got to like the 411, I was like, wow. I mean, really, when is someone going to get a tunnel to come back? And oh, perform? listen. Is, you know what? When, I, you know, when I'll come to this Mighty Hoopla, right? Is yeah. when we get the full lineup of Eternal on stage, but only have Louise on for the songs where she was present. I don't want her to be there for the trio songs. Okay. That's not, that's not the lineup. That I recognize. It's like Jerry performing <laughs> Holler, right? No, I'm not here for it. Fair, fair, fair. Well, actually, Louise is on the bill for Mighty Hoopla this year. But yes, I think Eternal, I can see that happening. I can see that happening maybe in uh, 2023. By the way, Louise on that lineup. I mean, I love Jesse Ware, blah, blah, blah. Jesse Ware, fabulous, you know, all this yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. But Louise would be the one who I'd be like pissing myself over. I would just be like, <laughs> I, would, I would be like, because I mean, Eternal were my. So before Mariah, like pre-fantasy, Eternal was my thing. Yeah, okay. So that whole first album period, Save Our Love, Just a Step From Heaven, Crazy, all that stuff. Just the, the whole career, right? Like, and until like the flop single at the end, which I still maintain is like one of their best singles. It's like, <laughs> what you gonna I do? Here, I was here for it 100%. I was in the fan club. I have a friend in Paris oh, wow. who's like my like my British friend who's the same age as me. He came out to the apartment one day and I had I had some kind of like eternal remixes. I so I would play the remixes, right? I don't even play, play the real things. You know, <laughs> you know like a, a real stan is the one who's playing the remixes. Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. It's never about the real song. And he was like, Are you playing Eternal? And I was like, Yeah. He was like, I was in the fan club and I was like, so was I. <laughs> I think that Eternal was like, you know, like a gateway drug. Eternal was my gateway drug into into like pop okay. Spanish. Mm. I don't think I would be a Mariah fan were it not for Eternal. Okay, that's quite a that's quite a statement. I wanted to just correct myself because last time we were, we were talking about Drag Race. I don't know if you've been keeping up with Drag Race UK. You have, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And so on the last episode. I was talking to uh, Mike and I was like, well, it's obviously going to be between Kitty or Ella. Who do you think is going to win? Blah, blah, blah. Obviously ended up not being either of those. It was Crystal. How do you feel about that result? I didn't hate this season. I don't know why everyone hated this season. Mm -hmm. Drag Race UK is very low rent. <laughs> and but like nothing against it i mean it's it's better it's more enjoyable than the usc like the, the us seasons are not enjoyable because they've just you know they've basically recycled all the possible configurations and characters at this point mm -hmm. the, the uk season is like a fucking ramshackle mess and this season yeah it was, a, <laughs> it was like a ramshackle mess i mean no one knew like it was like we're gonna send two people home we're not gonna send anyone home we're gonna send two people home we're, like no one knew what was going on Veronica yeah. Green, she was a mess. I didn't understand. I didn't understand why everyone loved Victoria Scone. I didn't understand any of that. I mean, I was like, what did she do? She showed up. I mean, yeah, so, I kind of was the same. Um, uh, and so, actually, of the three of them, I was kind of like, yeah, they're all fine. I mean, uh, end of the day, her final runway. I mean, it was just abysmal. She did a lot of good stuff in in the challenges, but for me, her talking heads were like, just show us Kitty in the talking heads. That's all we need. We don't need to see any of the others in the talking heads. Just show us Kitty. For me, Kitty is the my boyfriend. So my boyfriend is Russian, right? So uh, he he he's never lived in the UK, so he also doesn't really understand much about British culture. Yeah. And it, he kept saying things like, sorry, I'm going to do a very offensive version of his accent. Now he'd be like, the positive, optimistic one. She looks most like British girl on Night Out. And I would be like, and I would be like, yeah, she does look like a British girl on Night Out. 
And but I was like, she also has like the quintessential gay humor and reference points of all British gays. So in a way, Kitty is like if you put all of gay culture in a washing machine mm-hmm. and then you like took out the clothes. This is like Kitty, basically. <laughs> For me, Kitty was the obvious choice. But on the other hand, I can understand why Crystal, she seems kind of like young. She's the only person who ever walked down the fucking runway on RuPaul's Drag Race UK who didn't look like a piece of shit. And they all, they all, no, they, I mean, you, no, right? Did any, I mean, okay, we are Bimini. And oh yeah, no, t- actually my favorite ever was always Taste. I mean, yeah, Taste, taste is great. Taste is my number one ever. But yeah. I mean, Chris, Crystal, <laughs> she was the only one who was serving polish finally i know you're not a spotify person aren't you not it's not that i'm not a spotify person i just don't pay for spotify i pay for apple music okay so you didn't get a spotify wrapped no i got an apple music replay it's the same thing (laughs) okay well tell us what was in your apple music replay so my my top artist was obviously mariah carey but 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 like by a hysterical margin voila she didn't release any new music this year no but she's still number one. Yeah, she's just be, she's just on repeat. I mean, I listen to Mariah Carey every day, every day. Love that. But she was my number one in my Spotify Wrapped, followed by Pretty Much, which we don't need to get into right now. But they're a boy band that I really like. Followed by Jasmine Sullivan. Any thoughts on Jasmine Sullivan? So Jasmine Sullivan. Wait, what was I, her second album? I think that I was the yeah. biggest fan of. But I quite like some of the songs from this Hotels album as well. Yeah, um, she's having a moment. And I saw she was like listed in the Guardian top 50 albums. I think she was like quite high in that. And I was like, wow, I mean, she's doing, she's doing well. But I love, mm-hmm. you know what Jasmine Sullivan song I have always been obsessed with is Don't Make Me Wait. Oh, yeah. And album. That is, that's the style that I like from her. Do you know, I think I put that on the podcast playlist in the early days. I definitely put one of the songs from that album on it. Was it Don't Make Me Wait? Because I'll be very impressed with myself if it was. It should be like number one on the playlist because no one no one knows it. It was. I put it on Don't Make Me Wait. Yeah, so good. We need, we need to promote that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then it was Kate Bush and Sugar Babes. But anyway, I don't know why Kate, how Kate Bush ended up there. Well, obviously just because I was researching her for the podcast and then I ended up liking her. Um, and Sugar Babes. Um, quick thoughts on Sugar Babes. Do you have any? I mean, I have a lot. Which, I mean, which, which iteration are we talking about? The only iteration. But, okay, the only iteration is, is, is Mutia, Keisha and Heidi. In no! No! No, I mean, I'm only saying that to troll you. Okay. But, I mean, yeah, like, for the first iteration, yeah, it was very nice. And, yeah, it's still all of those singles, singles only. I don't, I don't subscribe to the notion <laughs> that that first album was, like, Butterfly. It wasn't. <laughs> but... Uh, and please like what like a 20th anniversary no uh, but the three the four singles and i like soul sound by the way oh okay you're one of the few that, that was the flop but like i liked that back in the day yeah and so those are still on rotation but let's let's be real okay please let's like the mutia era it doesn't matter like for me mutia was the sugar babes right so okay. the, like the era of mutia was the sugar babes Okay. I, the thing is, I kind of liked Amel. I liked I liked Amel's vocals. I kind mm-hmm. of liked, and then I remember for like the final iteration, I was living in in London. I just moved to London, so I'd graduated from university, and I was like, oh my god, now I'm gonna be gay, right? So <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I'm kind of like this was like my big coming out year. 
So basically, I spent a year being like a party boy in London, living with this fucking Australian like party boy. And I remember he was obsessed with this. So this was in 2009 and he was obsessed with Get Sexy. And <laughs> yeah. so I, I can't think of that song now without thinking about him. Like, you know how you know how Aussies are? Like, no offense to any Aussies listening, but like they like to dress up. They, you know, they're, oh. they're always like very festive. And so I just associate it with a lot of festivity, like roller discos, outfits, you know, all kinds of illicit activities. Okay. And, you know, and then I left London after that. Okay, so let's get on to our next item, Matt, which is who have you met that's famous? Who, 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 who have you met that's famous? You know, I was thinking about this and I, I remembered. So during that exact, it's so funny you asked me this when I just said about this like 2009 period. So in this 2009 period, I was working on this kind of like graduate program. And mm -hmm. as part of that program, I had to work in a PR company. I had no business being there, right? And they didn't know what the fuck to do with me. So I turned up and they were like, they were like, okay, this is some kind of like graduate. So we have to do something with him. <laughs> and they had a, a, an event coming out for Radox. So Radox was a client, you know, Radox, like the shower kind of like, gels. Oh, yeah. Like I have some yeah, in like, my bathroom behind me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go and go and have a, like a long bubble bath and you know, Get your, put your clothes on and get in, you know, and, <laughs> and, and have a splash. And, and so basically there was an event at Shoreditch House, which they made me work the door for, right? right. So I was like working the door and basically I had to escort all of the famous people who were here for Radox, an event for Radox. Amazing. So we had, we had two of the boys from Blue. Dun there was Duncan, uh -huh. you, know, when, you know, when Duncan went through his metamorphosis and he was suddenly like very shiny yeah that was that, that was that era and is stupid as fuck <laughs> he wasn't even drunk when he showed up and he, he could barely string a sentence together and after that i never met anyone famous because i moved here and like even, oh. oh by the no i was in the gym the other day and someone was like oh, do you know who's next to you and i was like who and they were like john claude van damme and i was like how, how am i supposed to i was like was he in street fighter with kylie and they were looking at me like i was stupid but i mean sorry but like am i supposed to like John John Claude Van Damme fan. Anyway, so um, yeah, love that. Mine is Mariah adjacent. So when number when number ones came out, I went to the Virgin Megastore in Dublin to purchase it, and I saw I I had it, and I saw not impressive, even worse than John Claude Van Damme. Saw Richard Branson, he was there, and for some reason, I asked him to sign my Mariah Carey number ones CD. I don't know where <laughs> I made the connection for him to do that, and so he did it. But the, he, he had signed it with a marker and it was coming off the, the, the cover, which was a good thing. But I was like, oh, no. So then I went to the other Virgin Megastore because it was two in Dublin and he was also there. And so I went up and I said, oh, my friends will never believe me. Um, will you sign my receipt instead? So he, he signed it. I don't know what I was thinking. Anyway, that's that. OK, so. But you know, the crazy thing is, right? And then he signed her. Oh, wait a second. Did I set off a chain of events? I mean, that I led to her being maybe. signed. You showed him that and he was like, oh my God, there's like a whole bunch of like young gays who are like standing hard. Okay, we can make a lot of money off these guys. I have we'll never made that out. connection before and that is a bombshell in my brain right now. Okay, after our wonderful conversation so far, it is time to get into the deep dive. You know, it's time to deep dive, deep dive. Everybody want to deep dive, deep, deep dive. We've talked a lot about Mariah already and now we're going to talk a whole lot more about her. We're coming into the, it's not her commercial peak, but in many ways it is her everything else peak. 
the last episode that we did on Mariah, we took it up to the end of Daydream. And now we are jumping headfirst into the pool from the balcony and we're taking off our dress and we are emerging in heels and a bikini and ready to face the world as our true selves this is the era from 1997 through to 2001 what do you think what are your thoughts on this period of mariah's career how do you think about it when you look back i love everything about it i love the memories this was when i was i was what 11 to 14 15 11 and 97 bought the honey single but I, I remember buying it like i was with my cousins in our price in luton i love i mean i loved everything about it i love the music i love i love the the aries energy which is like fuck off everyone i'm doing my own <laughs> thing now i love it because it's like basically what every single gay person has gone through at a certain point in their life that you know they're just like okay i've been kind of living a fake version of myself that we think pleases everyone now yeah. I'm going to become my true self I'm going to wear what I want I'm going to express myself how I want I'm going to like do the things that I, I I want I still listen to all of these songs all the time Butterfly is my favorite album of all time I think all of the songs on it are 10 plus out of 10 I mean I can just go on and on and on that's so funny that you were 11. Had you liked her up to that point? I had had very limited exposure apart from Fantasy and Always Be My Baby. Fantasy, I remember very, very distinctly because I was watching Top of the Pops to catch Eternal. So you'll remember <laughs> that the Power of a Woman campaign era was happening around September 95, which sure. happens to coincide with the release of Fantasy. But yeah, like Honey was Honey was the one, and Honey still still is at times alternates being my favorite Mariah song. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. It's just so crisp sounding. It's so fresh sounding, and here we are, twenty four years later, and it just it sounds as good as it ever did. Obviously, if if anybody's listening who doesn't really know the general shape of her career and her personal life, she you know, had divorced from Tommy at this stage and she was deciding to do the music that she wanted to do. The music that there was always her passion. And this was her, it was reflected in the music video where she breaks free from oppressive male figures and becomes Agent M, which to be honest, I would like to have seen that continue. That never really was revisited, was it? That could have been a thing. It was, I mean, it could have been a thing, but in a way it's always best when it's, you know, it's thing in the moment, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, other iterations of Bianca were never the same as the first iteration of Bianca, you know, it's like... True, and we'll come on to her soon enough. Um, we heard from Kyle, who says, Hi Kyle, he says, Butterfly has some timeless songs that just seem to get better with age. He can't think of an album with a more perfect run of singles. And then he lists Honey, Butterfly, and then Break Down, The Roof, and My All. We had some record company corporate morgue issues during this campaign right so there are five videos from the album but only three proper singles honey we've talked a little bit about butterfly what are your thoughts on butterfly i mean i like when you ask me what are my thoughts on any of these you songs, basically love everything yeah it's yeah, yeah. it's, it's going to be like the 13 or 16 out of 10 for all of them Butterfly, yeah, of i love i mean when i first heard the album i remember thinking butterfly was my standout track because i mean i think it was much more in the sonic template of what i could consume at the time yeah. So, you know, like big gospel chorus, like, mm. I mean, the vocal elasticity is, I mean, people piss me off when they say like, oh, vocal decline. No, there was no vocal decline on, on the studio recording of this album. This is the, I mean, I can't sing, right? But I can appreciate that none 
of those things are even humanly possible that she does on Butterfly. I mean, they are fucking insane. And I think that she performed it maybe live, properly live, what, twice? I think there was like a SNL performance and maybe a Letterman performance. Yeah. And I think they're both a little rough. I think that the SNL performance is, is quite good. But I remember watching, I watched it quite recently and I was like, I was like, it's just suicide. It's just not possible to sing this mm. live. But yeah, I mean, I love it. I love everything it stands for. I love the I love the story. I love the fact that she wrote it from the perspective of Tommy Mottola. Yeah, it's just perfection. Yeah, so she, she has kind of um, spoken in more recent years exactly what you said, because the song, you know, thematically is about letting somebody go. And if they return then it was meant to be and all this kind of stuff so i guess it's it, she was she was writing it from his perspective and obviously she didn't fucking return one of the things about this album that i like is do you think it's her best cover art N- no number one for me is uh, because i i don't know why like it's like burnt into my brain as like that period of time and like i think it was probably the peak of me being like fucking fanatical so mm-hmm. I think, and I just think number ones, you know, the, the, like the photoshopped infinity legs and stuff like this. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> and then obviously Rainbow as an album cover is just, I mean, it's basically saying like, hey, gays. <laughs> <laughs> basically that. Hey. And I was, and I was like, hey, that's why most like um, straight people didn't buy the album anymore. You know, they didn't. Basically didn't, people it, fell it off. Wasn't, it wasn't music box. People were like, we were like, yeah. we're not here for it. And I was like, well, I am. So. But okay. So I personally love the Butterfly cover art but what i love no, i do too of course but what i love is that it it looks how the music sounds and that is a very that's a, that's a great thing for an album to represent like this it just looks and the, the album itself the songs are so cohesive it's just a vibe that is so well reflected in the artwork and i don't think that she's really married those two things as well before or since like i do think it is just like a perfect a perfect album. Do you think it's celebrated as much as it should be, say, nowadays? It's celebrated more than it was. And amongst her music, it's probably the only... I mean, no, Emancipation of Mimi is also celebrated too much versus Butterfly, in my opinion. I would, yeah. I would, I would celebrate many other albums above Emancipation of Mimi. I would just, too. Just for the quality. If, if I didn't make it clear, this for me is like the number one album ever recorded. So, yeah. No not celebrating but yeah, i agree with you that it's like as a, as a package and with the visuals and everything like that it's the only time where she's managed to feel some make something feel completely coherent but also kind of like serious because the after number ones i think this kind of cartoonish aspect of her personality became a little bit too big whereas butterfly as an album as a as a campaign was perfect balance there was a degree of kind of camp in in Mm -hmm. honey video for instance but if you take the roof or if you take breakdown or if you take my all i mean it was it was quite serious it was a serious artist you know it wasn't it wasn't the same person who made um obsessed or heartbreaker (laughs) or uh boy triumphant yeah a boy, well, I, yeah. No, I mean, no, you will never ever say anything about Trump. Triumphant for me. It's not even a 12, it's like a 21. <laughs> I, I, another thing, talking about like looking back years later, one of the things that has really stood out in recent years in terms of this album was the revelations in the book. Like for a long time, people kind of assumed that it was about Derek Jeter, this um, baseball player who she had had a, an affair with, but she very much confirms that, right? Like most of this album is based on this short-lived affair that they had. 
but most of her songs for about and all the songs years afterwards. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I think from what I understood from the, from the memoir, they were together for like five minutes, and she basically strung out like 15 years <laughs> of songs from it. I mean, good for him and good for her. It's so um, true, and, and good for us. But yeah, no, I mean, a lot of it is is based on that. And I mean, mm. I think breakdown is breakdown is funny because it shows that basically she was like a full blown stalker, and he wasn't that interested. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, we can all relate. I can relate to every single song on this album. I mean, I think mm. so. Going down the track list, we've talked a little bit about My All. No, we haven't. What I like about My All is it was obviously, it, Mariah liked it so much that she decided to write it three more times in subsequent albums, right? Yeah, and no? I like all of those versions. Yeah, like. true. Me too. But they're not as good as My All. No, I mean, My All is a really, really, really good song. But, you know, I, I appreciate it more somehow as a piece of craft. It's, it's not my go-to choice. I don't really, I mean, it's it's not my kind of energy. I don't sit around like feeling like this a lot of the time. Yeah. I, I have, I would rather feel myself in more of like either like, a, I don't know, in any of the other energies of the songs than that one. Okay. What about Baby Doll? Oh, I love it. It's just like, just lying around. It's just... a very like negligee kind of thing, yeah. isn't it? The Roof, Stone Cold, Stone Groove, Smash It, Wonder, classic. We had The Roof and Breakdown, which she made videos for, but they weren't supported by the label. Is that generally what happened? I believe so. I mean, I don't believe anything was particularly supported. Um, yeah. I think Honey was probably supported, and I think even Mile was probably not that supported. I just think, I mean, this, I guess, was the divorce time. I mean, on the one hand, you kind of, you can, you can see that the songs were not as commercial as from the previous albums so you can mm. understand on, on the one hand maybe there was less appetite for them i mean certainly i think in the uk i mean which was not at all ready for r&b flavored music at the time i just think there yeah. was a general i don't think there was anything to do with tommy matola or not in the uk it was just like people weren't here for it british people were like no yeah. and you, europeans in general her career i mean this was like the moment where her career stalled in europe right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely um, in the US, I mean, I guess they could have they could have been hits if they'd been promoted properly. I don't know. Fourth mm. of July then was itself a photocopy of Underneath the Stars, and we don't blame her for that because again, amazing, amazing songs. How do you feel about Close My Eyes, which is a song that has a lot of significance for her and the fan base over the years because it's just so honest and so personal? Hundred out of ten. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just have to, every time you ask me, I have to increase the numbers because I mean, <laughs> yeah. just, otherwise it just feels ridiculous. But no, I love it. I mean, it's like, I love the, love the lushness of it. I love the, this was the first time she started singing quietly. I mean, I, I just, no, maybe not. I mean, like looking in was, was quiet. That's a good point though. It's a good point. She is easing, easing off a little bit. Um, and not feeling the need to go into the histrionics, which, which maybe she did before. Whenever you call was one that she wrote with Walter Afanasyev. And there were a few songs that she wrote with him on this. But this album marks the kind of end of that relationship. First of all, how do you feel about him and their work together? And how do you feel about that song? That I think that one sometimes, it's it's one of the ones that alternates for me as the all-time okay. favorite, not just on the album. Mm. I think I loved it more in the past. It has some quite specific meaning for me. It's quite attached to a particular person. Right. And so I... I can feel it sometimes when I listen to it now. I don't know, it just, it speaks to me a lot, but so yes, love it, love it, love it. The vocals on it, again, insane, but just like, I always think it sounds like a roller coaster at the end where she kind of like goes off 
almost like goes off a cliff. I, I, yeah. I mean, do you know which bit I'm talking about where the music cuts out, where she's yeah. like, she completely goes for it. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that bit's, you know, one of the best vocal moments in her career. I mean, the the end of the relationship, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, they 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 obviously made amazing songs together, loved a lot of their work, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, well, what would they have kept doing together? Just kept on like churning out the same stuff again. I mean, it's kind of good that she moved on to do other things. Coming up to the end of the album, um, The Beautiful Ones was always my favourite al- song on this album. And then I realised over the years that actually nobody else thinks that. And I started to not like it as much. I don't think I loved it like the first time I ever heard it. Yeah. It long, and I was 11 years old. I mean, I think a lot of it went over my head at 11. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Over the years, I've come to think that it's, I actually saw, I can't remember where I saw like Cisco talking about it and Cisco was oh, saying yeah. he didn't even know the song, he didn't know the original and I also had never, I, I got to know that song through this version, I didn't I didn't have Purple Rain, right, at that yeah, point. Yeah, me too. So it was a Prince and, song originally, yeah. And so when I heard the Prince version, I was like, it's kind of like screamy, I don't like it. And then I remember Beyonce covered it at Glastonbury as well and I was like, nope. Nope, yeah. that's, not, that's not my version, you know. Yeah. My version is the seven minutes long. And again, it, like you said, everything on the album fits in a very coherent sonic template. And for me, it fits in that kind of like warm... If you if you say like the, the artwork of the album reflects the album, it's very much that kind of like autumnal brown tones. That is what yeah. you get from the beautiful ones. Outside, I, know, I didn't think we were going to go track by track, but um, Outside is, you know, an, an anthem for the... The anyone. outcasts, the outsiders. Anyone who's not like straight white cis. Basically. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's, uh, when you said, what do I like about this time? The whole message which is summed up in that song is what this time is about. It's what this time is about for her. It's what this time was about for anyone who was my age who was going through identity issues. Let's see. What are some of the thoughts that we got about Butterfly from people? Yeah, so Carl, you know Carl, he says... Please talk about how Mariah's voice was still at top level during Butterfly because I still disagree. Now, you maintain that it was as good as it ever was? Did he really say that? Yeah. What, 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 is, what is this? Like, <laughs> put the album on. Hey, hey, Cole. <laughs> put the album on. Put your headphones in and listen to it, please. There's the answer. Um, also, we I should, we should ask Dan, by the way, to come and give a lesson on. Yeah, on what yeah. It's all about. So these are some of our friends from the internet. Uh, not to be too, you know, um, insular, but yeah, Dan. Dan would needs to give Carl a good talking to about this. Somebody who's known as Her Serene Highness Anna Freed may not be their real name says, I find Breakdown and the Roof almost impossible to separate. Second verse of Breakdown is the pinnacle of all MC songwriting. That's quite a claim. Um, so he thinks Breakdown is her most accomplished song. So Dan, as you mentioned, Dan, before, he says Breakdown is the best song ever created. And without yes. it, there would be no We Belong Together. Um, yes. I, think it's, I think it's better than We Belong Together, personally. But yes, it is one, an absolute phenomenal song. What are some of your favorite live performances around this time? I always remember the Honey Top of the Pops because I think that was like her only, maybe her only UK performance at the time. Hilariously, the one I remember the most was because I recorded it on on VHS, was her lip sync performance of Butterfly on Talking Telephone Numbers. Where, <laughs> oh my God, okay. Yeah, I wore that one out, yeah. And then I think, Butter, like I said, Butterfly on Saturday Night Live because... Yeah, I just think it's because it's like a vocal suicide, like I said, and even come 
close to doing studio version justice is incredible. The one that sticks out for me, now it's not a performance of a song from the album, so I think it comes actually the next year, but when one of my favourite performances of her ever was when she sang at the Patti LaBelle tribute night and she did If Only You Knew slash Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And that to me, this was like the butterfly era, I suppose. But like, and that's something that I think she isn't, she kind of tweeted that she wasn't that happy with maybe this year or last year. But like, that's one of my favourite performances of all time by her. She sings in Somewhere Over the Rainbow, the word fly, one syllable. When she sings it, at least 22 syllables. Um, I might just pop it in here. Do you, are, are you a fan of that particular moment? I'm a fan. I'm not like, it's not my number one go-to performance. If I want to watch like live performances of, of Mariah, I'm watching Go on from the daydream era i mean this era is like sometimes i just listen to them because you know we have them now on streaming because of mc30 but you know whether it's madison square garden or, or whatever or sometimes like tokyo dome sometimes you can find clips of the european tour i mean yeah. you're just like wow if i just want to sit there and be like with my mouth open and just like flawed i mean yeah i just watch those and then obviously you know like the early, the early era where she's, she plays around with her voice so much and she kind of shows off a lot i mean i think they're also really fun to watch mm. uh, i i think that the actually the one that i forgot to talk about was the obviously the vh1 divas live in 98 which mm. is also a lot of fun the vocals are a bit shaky again so yes, yes, Cole, the vocals were a bit shaky in this era, not on the album, but in the live yeah. performances. So 1998, we're up to 1998, which is when Number Ones comes out. So this was obviously, she's been encouraged to release her greatest hits or whatever, and she refuses to. She's like, no, I won't do that. Was that what it was? I think what they, what you remember from the book is she goes to Japan and she mm-hmm. meets with the president of Sony in Japan. And she's oh, like, yeah. I need to get the fuck out of here. And, you know, I've made you a lot of money. And so I'll give you, I'll give you a compilation with some yeah. new material and I'll give you one new album and then I am out of here. And I think that's what happened. They wanted to make it the number, like number ones. They, and, because, and then she was pissed off. She would rather have done it like it's a greatest hits because she wanted to put like Can't Let Go underneath the stars. Yeah. She wanted to put those, she wrote that. I remember reading it in the, in the notes back in the day. And she obviously went on to release her greatest hits and stuff like that. But we obviously had the number one singles and then we had some new songs, namely Sweetheart, Love When it. You Believe. Love it. Whatever you call it, Brian McKnight. Hate it. <laughs> really? I hate it when she adds a, like a random man to a song <laughs> we already knew, like Angels Cry. Why? What did we need this yeah. No. Yeah, um, cool. I, I mean, I was okay with that Westlife version. Okay. It, it served its purpose. It, it, was, it got it her was, the number one. It was to get number one. So, And cool. do you know where you're going to theme from Mahogany? I mean, it was okay. Oh, and I still believe. I still love it. Five new songs. I love I still believe. Love it. I love how like the voices... That's, if we're going to talk about like, oh, the, the voice started to change... The voice yeah. started to change on, on I Still Believe because when she's like, you know, this, oh, no, 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 that bit, you know, yeah. I need you, baby, that bit. That's where you hear like this kind of like husky cracks in her voice. That's when it started. Let's have a moment for When You Believe. It's, it's, a, it's a very, very good song, but what elevates it is the two of them fucking going at it. I mean, yeah. like, 
Aries energy and Leo energy going at it. Combined. I, it was fire. I mean, I love the studio version. I just loved how they worked. I mean, their voices work so well together. I love how, you know, Whitney was, she was, she was forecorning her way through it. Mariah was much more agile in her approach. I mean, I just think they just worked super well together. I think the finished article is still so good. I loved all of the promo they did around it. I think they had great chemistry with one another. It was clear they did have something together. I mean, it was like good chemistry. It just was working well. I love, I fucking, fucking love the uh, Oprah performance. Like that's, yeah. that's one of my favorite performances ever. I think that it's so, so good. And I think Mariah outsings Whitney in that, in that okay. performance. Whereas I think at the Oscars, although I watched the Oscars again recently, and I do think Mariah does quite well up until the climax. And then I don't know what what goes wrong, but like, or whether Whitney just completely like steamrolls her, but she's steam. And there's that you know, amazing face, you know, where she's like, <laughs> she, I mean, she, she was, I mean, but you know, in, in, in a way I kind of like that face because it, it was like, it was like, okay, respect, like you. How would you describe the face? To the listeners it's it's the face of someone who's like fuck you but also like you you beat me and and i think that there was a genuine there is a genuine respect that that she has for for whitney and i think that she showed in the open performance that she can she can she can out sing whitney and i i think it was you who who pointed this out once mm. right which was that like Whitney fucked up something and and Mariah compensated for it with a with by shifting her harmony like oh in a second and this is like a level of of ability which is just mind blowing yeah so it's in the bridge of of the opera performance when it's the line and when you're blinded by your pain and Whitney sings the wrong harmony line and Mariah as you say midline changes to the upper harmony line to compensate and then smiles at her and Whitney, I don't think, really gets what's happening. I don't think she really registers. Oh, she was totally out. I mean, she was totally out of it. <laughs> it's such a lovely moment. And it's such a lovely, a genuine uh, smile from Mariah. It just warms my heart whenever I see it. So yeah, love, love, love when you believe. So are we coming on to Rainbow now? I remember I was living in London in 1999 uh, in between just having finished secondary school. I was living with my sister. And in those days, you didn't really get things on the internet. Like you couldn't really listen. You couldn't stream things. The word came out that the song was going to be called Heartbreaker. And I remember reading all these people going, is it a cover of there's some old song called Heartbreaker, right? Bee Gees or something or something like that. And people were like, it's, it's a cover of this, it's a cover of this. And then, no, but you could download like a 30 second clip or whatever, which I played over and over again, as well as around the same time, Love's Got a Hold of My Heart by Steps came out. And again, it was a little, little, little chunk that I could listen to again and again. So, of course, it wasn't a cover of that thing. It was an incredible original song. Um, which she had written uh, with a view to it being part of the Glitter slash All That Glitters project. And it became another huge, huge moment for her. I assume when I ask you this question, you're going to say you love it. But what are your general thoughts on Heartbreaker as a single, as a moment, as a movement? It was, what, what's the line? Like, she's an icon, she's a legend. <laughs> she I is mean, the this, moment. She, she, Come she, on she, now. This was, she, I mean, she was not the moment in 1990. I mean, let's be clear. The moment in 1999 was Britney. I mean, like that's yeah, that's great. But and for you, for, it was steps. But um, <laughs> but I mean, heartbreaker. This was this was probably the last moment of the true imperial era, right? So I think mm. there was there there being you know the true imperial era. I guess is is music box, Merry Christmas, Daydream, right? And then there was yeah. there was a bit of you know. Butterfly, where it was kind of like still performing well. She's still like a big star. She's like in all of the press because she started to, you know, wear clothes. 
which changed her image. Yeah. Num- I think number one's probably helped because it was a lot more ballad heavy. So there's like the, when you believe, I still believe, you know, these, these songs, they do all right. Mm. And then somehow Heartbreaker was kind of like the big pop comeback. And I remember she was fucking everywhere. I mean, this performance of, of her on the EMAs, I'll always remember. I think the EMAs, was it in Dublin that year? Yeah, it was, yeah. And she had like Missy and the Brat with her. I mean, that was so fun. All the Bianca uh, shenanigans that went on around <laughs> it. And the video was so fun. And the the song was so pop. It was so pop, which is so funny because she 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 veered quite decisively into stuff that was more low-key stuff that was less commercial less pop and then she kind of came yeah. back with this huge pop moment and i think i i remember i was i was what like i was in year nine and i was you know i was going to like this comprehensive school in in, in luton right yeah, and yeah. i remember all the girls like they had the cd single but her image then it was it was weird because that was like the first moment where her image really she kind of embraced this juvenile side of herself and i don't know whether it was to do with you know britney and christina suddenly arriving but it was like suddenly she was wearing like she was basically wearing like teenage clothes and it was kind yeah, of like yeah. it was quite weird do you think you could put that down to her having written it from her character's perspective, you know, like it was going to be her debut single for the character in the film. Maybe you could kind of associate those two aspects. I don't know. I mean, I think that actually, like, I don't want to give some kind of like shitty pop psychology view on this, but when you read the memoir and you realize that she basically didn't really feel like she had much of a childhood or or an adolescence, and she was basically working quite hard, I think, from very young to try and make it. And then she basically was like a superstar, effectively like living a very adult kind of like quiet life mm-hmm. for a lot of time. I think there's probably just a degree where she was just like, fuck it, I'm going to like regress to behaving like a child or a right, teenager yeah. again. I think now she's kind of, she's come out of it a little bit these days. She doesn't, she's not so silly anymore. Like there was like a long period of time where she embraced a lot of silliness and it's not like a good thing or a bad thing, but it's like for someone who was, whose music was very serious until this album and then suddenly it became like a cross between like it was always like a mashup of like serious moments but also a lot of silliness uh, we had a comment again from anna freed said uh, doesn't butterfly to rainbow actually mark the big shift in mc's quote-unquote gay coming out process where you do your absolute best work figuring things out behind closed doors, expecting to emerge as something beautiful and then turn into an absolute car crash, putting on a new t- <laughs> <laughs> putting on a new temporary persona, which is A, mostly trash, B, still has moments of peak you, and C, even requires the creation of a new bitch personality in the form of Bianca. So I just wow. thought that was it. That wow. was just a that great is, comment. <laughs> I mean, cancel us. That is like... Nailed it. Yeah, we talked before about, you know, Butterfly being so cohesive, so coherent, so mature, so moody, classy. Rainbow is something different. But I I guess, you know, the colors of a rainbow, all different colors, put them together, you have a rainbow. That's kind of what we're dealing with here. We have a lot of different things happening. It's a bit of a mishmash. Is that fair to say? I mean, I love it. But, you know, and you know, I remember at one point in my life, I mean, I must have been 13 years old or something. I was like, this is the greatest album that's ever been recorded. <laughs> and you know what? I still stand by it. No, I mean, I, I do. I don't. I stand by it in the sense that it's, it's for me, it has a lot of sentimental value. I mean, yes, yeah. it's not as good. And yes, but all of those comments about, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a car crash, but it's like fun and, and enjoyable. And yeah, yeah. It, 
like you said eclectic is a good is a good way to put it but this was her trying to get out of the record deal as well so this was her in a way just rushing something out but there's so much great stuff on it so i'm not i'm not being disparaging when i when i say that it's a bit of a mishmash but it is but can you imagine if this is like your your like rush job i mean like how amazing are you if this is your rush job and completely still, i think probably deliver maybe four career highlights on the album so what are they no five i would say Heartbreaker, Can't Take That Away, Bliss, Pedals, and potentially Crybaby, if you don't mm. And also, I mean, to be honest with you, let, let me be very, be very clear, Against All Odds is one of my favorite songs. So I don't okay. think when people say like, oh, it's overblown, it's tacky, blah, blah, blah. I'm listening to it at least once a month. Well, speaking of, if we talk about Can't Take, Can't Take That Away... Anna Fried also says, do we think she ever listened to that again or can she not get past the 20p synth strings? That is a fair criticism, but I personally love that song. Oh, so this not. was this was her no longer working with Walter, but wanting to do that kind of a song. So she writes it with Diane Warren and um, David Foster produces it and stuff. We have a wonderfully melodramatic music video where she has incorporated the lambs and the, the inspirational messages or the, the way that she has improved their lives. And she has a single tear running down her cheek and she opens the doors. I love it. It's definitely one of my favorites. So I was pleased that you put that in the upper echelon uh, for this album. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much going on that I really, really like. And I have to say, uh, shout out to Thank God I Found You, not the main version but the Make It Last uh, remix. I enjoy the main version. I mean, really, I mean, I enjoy everything. I, I enjoy yeah, of course. I, I'm sorry. I enjoy Ex-Girlfriend. I enjoy After Tonight. I enjoy the whole the whole thing. I <laughs> so af- After Tonight was like, a, we alluded earlier to her redoing My All a few times. This was kind of the next iteration of that. So Dan says, Rainbow doesn't get the respect it deserves, perhaps due to its playful artwork, which he loves, lighthearted lead single and references to unicorns and petals, etc. It's when everyone started to make fun of her being mad. Do we think it would have received greater claim had it followed in the footsteps of Daydream and Butterfly visually? It's not just visually, it was also like the whole way that she behaved around the time. I mean, it was, people said she was, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, she was she did start to be a little bit crazy around this time I mean, but what's crazy not being like uptight i mean it was just it was just like fun and silly yes i mean yeah i i mean i agree with everything he says but it's i just i just think the wheels were coming off in many ways at this point yeah it's kind of a case you can only sustain that kind of success and acclaim for so long before something has got to give and this was kind of this whole era was as as much as we love it was kind of just the start of a little a little dip um, because she had had such stratospheric uh, success for so many years. Um, on a slightly negative note, Anna Fried says, Rainbow was the first album of hers I felt really disappointed by. Um, it doesn't hang together well conceptually or musically. It sounds like someone trying to work out where she fits in a contemporary landscape, retracing some familiar old steps and then chucking it out as quickly as possible. Yeah, I mean, that, that you could say it was trend chasing. You could say it was derivative of past material. I mean, somehow, I mean... To be honest with you, I have no objectivity about this album. Like I said, I declared it my favorite album. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm just, I mean, like when you were talking about Can't Take That Away, I mean, Can't Take That Away, I mean, I listen to Can't Take That Away still, and I'm still just like, wow. I mean, you know, if you're ever just, you're just having a day where you're just like, oh, like not feeling like this, you know, not feeling it today. You know, you listen to Can't Take That Away and you're just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it just makes me feel good, you know. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, what more? What more could you ask for? Um, so we talked about Heartbreaker a little bit. Heartbreaker remix then was obviously her leaning on her hip hop influences again. I feel like that could be more well remembered than it is because it was a it was a banger, right? A hip hop banger. It should be remembered in in the same category as I don't know, like Return of the Mac. You know, it's like that. Yeah. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. But, or whatever Puff Daddy was doing, or you know, Bad yeah, Boys, uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that thing that Jesse Nelson copied, whatever. Maybe Jesse Nelson should do a new version of Heartbreaker. I mean, you know. <laughs> would we would we endorse that? No, no, no. Do you know, you mentioned the Europe Music Awards in Dublin, and um, around the time, so my friend uh, had tickets to do you remember the Lick on MTV? It was yeah. a Trevor Nelson's thing. So there was a Lick party that night in Dublin. And he was like, do you want to go? And I was like, no, because it's only the honeys on the bill. Like, that's only people performing. So I'm not that interested in that. Thank you. And he went. And then, of course, who turned up on stage? Only Mariah, Whitney. I should have led up to them. But Mariah, Whitney, Missy, Mary. It was (laughs) not something that you should turn down. Uh, And Mariah was very merry. Uh, But yeah. Again, talking about the memoir and how that gave an extra perspective on Butterfly. Um... Petals really like was really fully explained right in the book and um, what were some of the takeouts from um, the book in terms of this song for you? So one I mean Petals has always been like a top five moment let's say already all of the clues were already there so if you were listening to it then you kind of knew what the what the story was so I mean somehow I felt also when I was reading the memoir that it was just confirming a lot of what I already had gleaned from the songs you know so it's it, it, i think for probably people who hadn't paid so much attention it was new and so you know all yeah. those were like wow this is such a revelation i was like but well, i mean if you've been paying attention for the last 20 years whatever mm. you would have known all of this and so you know the, the story about the sister the story about uh, what i didn't find was explored i mean so the sister tommy this, you know knife chipping away you know all of these different anecdotes from the the, the book what was not explored was this brother, the, this uh, young two people, brother and sister. Yes, yes. Um, Tommy's kids, no? So they say. But yeah, this was, it wasn't was explicitly odd. declared. It was, it was odd that this was omitted. Like there's, there's so much layering and there's so much stuff going on. And it's, it's very intricate. The whole theme is the rainbow, right? So it's like this is this is the storm. You get to the storm. You get to the end of it, and you feel it. I mean, it's 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 so well done, really. It's like so so well done. Okay, so we're gonna move on. We're gonna take a little step forward because you wanted to talk about one more song, um, and it is quite a song. <laughs> so is it, is it even a song? I mean, the, is it a song? Is it a song? That's going to be the Twitter poll. Is this a song? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good poll. Is it a song or not? <laughs> or is it just a collection of sounds? Yeah. So tell me tell me what you want to tell me about this. Loverboy, by the way. Yeah, so we're going to talk about Loverboy. I mean, I don't even know where to begin, really, right? I, mean, <laughs> I will say I, I, like, fell off the wagon at this point in the chronology of it all. Like, I, I fell off the wagon at this point. I was like, what the fuck is this? Because it just sounded like some kind of fucking rambunctious mess and no one had any idea what was going on. And I think, you know, also when you're young and you see something is, you know, failing, you're kind of like predisposed to run away. And, and I guess you can start to understand as you get older how these kind of, you know, trends and 
people being popular or unpopular happen because actually you see people just behaving you know in in this kind of herd mentality right so everyone decides oh no this is this is a load of shit now and this yeah. is cool and everything and, and so and so you're like yeah i don't want to be associated with that either and i remember yeah, of course I remember being on the internet at the time and, you know, somehow like going along with all of that and, and being like, yeah, like Madonna's much cooler. And, you know, because I think she was cooler at the time and yeah, and what have you. Um, yeah. But it, I mean, it, it was a mess, but when you listen to the original version from, from the rarities, I mean, I, I can listen to, it. I, I still, I'm, I'm not convinced that it would have been, you know, a huge hit, but you can, you can still tell that <laughs> there was some kind of concept behind it for it being, <laughs> pop song you know which is not what uh, the version that got released sounded like yeah and i kind of maintain that if you listen to what was on the rarities from glitter which is the stolen version of lover boy and uh, yeah on my own that's something i could have got behind but definitely which, out here on my own like both both of them like I okay would, yeah yeah i would have been here for both of them at the time and especially especially out here on my own i mean i really I love yeah it's Lover amazing Boy. but the original as well i mean it's sort of it's difficult to know how to, to call it right the the the, fry, the firecracker version firecracker yeah it does have all the elements if, if you were going to try and like remake heartbreaker i mean it's it's got all of the elements right yeah I think that it, it it's fun. i listened to it the other day and i was like listening to it through my headphones and i was like it's fun you know it's bouncy it's fun and then i listened to the the, the released version and i was just like wow what the fuck is i mean it's it's so it's so remarkable that like 20 years later i still listen to it and i'm like what the fuck is this but i always enjoy it it's it's so odd you know it's so odd it really is and so just as a quick thing for people because often i get people listening to these episodes like say about the buffy and they go oh i listened to the episode and made me want to watch buffy so like people come I think some people listen to these things without the knowledge of what we're talking about. So um, quickly, a quick rundown. Actually, uh, Pop asked us to talk about this whole situation. So Mariah had left Sony Music and as a direct result of me meeting Richard Branson, uh, he signed her to Virgin Records and um, she was making this album for the film Glitter, but the film Glitter was still on Sony Pictures. Therefore, certain people from her past had access to the music that she was producing for the film far in advance. And she had cleared this sample um, to use in Loverboy, Firecracker. And it went do, 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 do. And then people heard it. People decided to get another female entertainer on Sony to release a song with that music before Mariah could. That became the song I'm Real, the pop version. And so then Mariah had to find... Which no one even knows now. No, absolutely not. No one not. knows that version. No, no. And so Mariah had to get a new sample. And this just shows her musicianship and her skill to get a new sample that would somehow fit the song. <laughs> Did it fit the song? No. Um, <laughs> no, it sounds, it, I mean, that, that's what's wrong with it. It sounds like it was just, it just sound, I mean, I like Candy, right? Candy is a fun song and Candy yeah. is, is fun by itself. And I think it was, I think Beyonce sampled it in Before I Let Go recently. Oh, and, right. I was, and, I was, and I was listening to it being sampled in that. And I was like, oh, it sounds good in this. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, this is how it should be sampled. It sounds like a real song. Some of the correspondence we received about Loverboy... Dan says, where do we begin? What a song, what a brand. Kyle says, an iconic song. The original Firecracker version slaps, but Mariah made a better version. There you go. 
like on the one hand you can say it's a fucking mess on the other hand you can be like well it's very experimental i mean it could be mm -hmm. a bjork song <laughs> it is a cacophony isn't it yeah i mean who else has made like really noisy music and everyone with not like, much oh, of a tune yeah wow that's yeah. so amazing i'm just like okay well, this, is, this is amazing too i don't know what context it can be played in except at a drag show right yeah 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 waving like, waving the little flags and it's ironic because it's at a drag race like the whole aesthetic of RuPaul's Drag Race is lovable is, that is so that's so I, I, that, I've never realised that before it literally I mean, is like the, the blonde hair the, the pink the oh my god Matt you're blowing my mind here you're blowing my mind also when is she going to be on, on RuPaul's Drag Race and when are they oh, going to when are they going to actually do like I mean they what well, I think they had one time emotions as, uh, that was like a crap lip sync I mean yeah. when, when are they going to get like the right songs yeah. Can I just mention quickly the Billboard Artist of the Decade Award acceptance oh. speech? Yeah. Because we've gone past it, but I wanted to mention it. That's one of the best things she's ever done, in my opinion. I was watching it today. And like, we know as lambs, sometimes if she's not feeling it, or whatever for whatever reason, she doesn't really come across as her most authentic self. Whatever. She's a bit guarded sometimes. This moment was, she was so confident, so articulate, and she's a very articulate person. But the way it all just came out, I mean, one of the best things she's ever done, in my opinion. As a multiracial person with a very dysfunctional history until recently, I am not Cinderella. My life has not been a fairy tale. Forget the image, forget the ensembles, forget the rumors, forget the short skirts, big hair, whatever. I owe this to the fans and I will never forget you. So I want to accept this award on behalf of all of you. You've come a long way and I feel like I'm just getting started because as an artist and most importantly, as a person, I am genuinely happy to and finally, finally free to be who I really am. Thank you. So, I asked you to compile your top five tracks from this era. Do you have them ready? Well, I tried to do top five, but then I did a top ten, so... Sorry. Oh, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. So, you do your ten to six, and I'll hop in at the five. So, ten will agree with this one. Well, you'll probably put it higher, but close my eyes. I didn't have it in my top five, but of course I love it. Yep. Nine, the beautiful ones. Number eight, When You Believe. Fabulous. Wonderful. Number, number seven, Heartbreaker. Oh. original pop oh. okay yeah oh. number six whenever you call great my number five is my all but the morales remix if it's if it's eligible and i've decided that it is so that's what i'm gonna say there totally eligible why not yeah yeah yeah, yeah. do i go now yeah you're number five pedals ah for all of the reasons that we discussed yeah number four and this is a shout out to dan our friend dan who this is his number one song of all time breakdown but i also love it as well my number four is Can't Take That Away. Amazing. Right. Number three for me, When You Believe. I've, I've jumped it, pumped it right up to the number three spot. Yeah, number three. My number three is the smooth mix oh. the rap version of Honey. And this is not like, this is not me trying to like remove the rap version, but it's just yeah. when that version came out last year, I was listening to it and I was like, I like what the production does on it. You hear other things in the mix yeah i really love that version my number two is thank god i found you make it last because i just think that's exquisite my number two is breakdown oh i think i know what your number one has got to be my number one is honey just the main regular honey number one hit honey my number one you didn't have it in your top five is the roof the roof and, i knew it would be and specifically the extended oh mob deep. deep do you know what that we get in the video 
I had it. I had it just outside the just outside the five. I just think it's probably like my favorite song of all time. Yeah, I, I love the mood. I love the I love the storytelling. I love I love the production. I love the background vocals. I love I love that version with the rap because the way that the rap intersects with her coming back in. Do it um, on the rooftop. Do it till we both drop, and then she comes in. Yeah, and then she comes. I mean, I can yeah. never. In, yeah. in, in, in my head. In yeah. My head. Where I can do it, and like I'm like I'm like wow. Okay, so let's get into some questions and unpopular opinions. Pop, 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 unpopular opinions. Marcus says, "Would she have the legendary icon status she has today without the fall from grace?" Could she have done it anyway, or would she have faded away? So obviously, this is a bit beyond our remit in terms of eras, but talking about the emancipation and stuff, do you think that the the the, the fall from grace did her um, well in the long run? You know, I think it always helps. I mean, look at Madonna; she never had a fall from grace. Really, no one gives a shit about her today. Sorry. <laughs> and whereas, like Britney, had a massive fall from grace, and yeah. people care about. I think actually, I mean, it's the same with Gaga. Actually, Gaga was like, you know, had this massive dip with with our pop, and then you know, it allows you to come back. Whereas, you know, people who have kind of like very sustained success somehow, it's it's a bit like Pink. Do you ever think people are going to be like in like fifteen years? We're going to be like making. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe two people will be sitting and talking to each other about Pink on a podcast. I really fucking hope not. I'm not going to listen to. <laughs> Um, I think you're right, you know, I think you're right. That's a really good point. So Dan says, unpopular opinion, or maybe not, did I do that get skipped every time? I've been on a bit of a journey with that song. I hated it initially. I quite like it now. Where do you stand on it? I kind of love it. Why? I mean, what? it's of its time. He also says, how much featuring Usher would have been a smash hit? I don't know if it would have been a smash hit. Would it have been? No. <laughs> Andy says, if you had to choose a song from this era to subtitle Kevin slash Matt's theme, which song would it be? You go first. Um, I would probably say, probably outside, if I was feeling really sorry for myself. You know what I'm going to choose? Mm-hmm. Fly Away. Ah, that's a good one. We didn't talk about that, but I fucking love it. That's a really interesting choice. I like that. Um, DC asks, top 10 Mariah memes. We don't have time for 10. What's some of your favorite Mariah memes? I mean, all of the ones involving, like, I, 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 you don't exist, and anything where she looks pissed off, you know, there's, there's just, I mean, I like, I love the one where she's just, a, yes, I, I like that, this is, this is my, like, general, like, yes, okay, I like that one. Which one you know, is that, that one? What's that from? Like, she's, like, sitting, and, like, she's, got, oh, in like, the black. Yeah, and, like, the black, and it's just, like, yes. Oh, she clasps her hand together. Yeah, no, I love, that was a classic, that was a oh, classic. Oh, yeah, that was a classic. Yeah. It's a, it's a moment. I love a retro moment of Gypsy Whatever. I think that's my oh, favorite. Yeah. 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 So there you go. There's some memes for you, DC. And then finally, Gavin says, Mariah needs to do some low-key bops already overdue. I would love for her to do a little bit of a, what, little what bit of a bop. That, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? <laughs> a no-no? Have you heard a no-no, Gavin? But come on, like a proper like pop. I think he's talking about just like a upbeat. She doesn't do upbeat very often anymore. Oh, any, oh anymore? Oh, yeah. right. oh, like right now. No, I don't, yeah. we, don't, we don't need it anymore. We have she the remake. There are lots of bobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're there if you want them. Okay. Are you ready for the quiz? Totally. Is it a quiz? Yes. Is it a quiz? Yes. Yes, it is. I know. 
It's a quiz. Let's go. Okay, Matt, it's time for the quiz. We have three categories, easy, medium, and hard. One point, two point, and three points, respectively. You can pick seven questions from any of those. There are five questions in each category. And um, yeah, so you can pick seven questions. It's just for fun. Don't don't stress. Just a bit of, a bit, bit of fun. A bit of a retro moment of quizzing, whatever. So where would you like to go with your first category and number? Hard. According to Wikipedia, number ones only went to number one in one country. Which one? Japan. Yeah, very good. Maybe not that hard, but that was what I decided was hard. There you go. Very good. Three points. What's next? Hard three. Bliss is the longest full song on Rainbow. What is the shortest at three minutes and 24 seconds? How much? How much was really short, but it's actually against all odds. Next. Hard two. I just want to do the hard ones. When You Believe is the song with the most YouTube views from this period, with 353 million. Which single is in second place? Heartbreaker. It was my all. All right, next. Hard one. Fly Away Butterfly Reprise contains an interpolation of a song by which legendary British singer-songwriter, which I only found out today and I never knew? Elton John. Yeah, have you known that for years? I, I used to read read the liner notes. What are they called? The like the yeah, album. yeah, the credits. Okay, next question. Part five. When you believe achieved its highest chart position in the UK and New Zealand, but where did it chart? Four. Oh my God! Correct. Amazing. That is its current total of nine, and you've had five questions, so you have two questions left. Um, okay. Yeah. So you've got the mediums. Category medium, left. Do you want it? Do you want it easy? Do you want it easy? No, no. no medium, <laughs> medium four. Who are the four credited rappers on Loverboy Remix? The Brat, Ludacris, Shauna, and Twenty Two. Very good. Very good. You are now on eleven points. What's your last question number thing? Medium one. What time is it in Baby Doll when she's stressing? Two eleven. Correct. Wow. Uh, so that is a total of 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Do you know what? If this had been before the last episode, you would have been in the lead because current record is 14. But that is fantastic. Well done. You've your credit to yourself and the Lamely. Oh, I'm glad I did everyone proud. Fabulous. All right. Let's get into some recommendations. The show is coming to an end. But is what we would recommend, my friend. Do you have something that you can recommend to people? It can be anything at all. It's kind of weird. It's nothing to do with this. It's that's like, fine. No, that's um, fine. I, I was just thinking about something that people probably wouldn't know. So I became kind of obsessed with a, a Russian pop song this year because, like I said, my boyfriend's Russian and he introduced yeah. me to this song. So it's it's by this. I don't know what they are. They're kind of some kind of like techno pop collect. I don't know whether they're tech. I don't know what they are. Like some kind of like random art. Let's call them an, an art pop collective. Love like that. Cream soda. And they cream did, soda cream soda yeah like the drink okay okay and they did a they did a song called uh rosa v flamingo which is pink flamingo and uh and i i don't know i became obsessed with it this year i listened to it a lot so this was in my this was in my top played songs of the year i think it was like uh, okay by cream soda good stuff by are you, are you are you putting that on the playlist or no no Okay, cool. <laughs> so my recommendation, we talked about her a bit earlier, is just Jasmine Sullivan in general, because I feel like she's just really had a great year. She just won like best album. Actually, today, Pitchfork named her album the best album of the year. And um, 
for a long time I've been just banging on about how great she is. And I think if people love Mariah, they obviously appreciate musicianship, they appreciate great vocals, they appreciate good songwriting, and she has all that going for her. So I just would encourage anybody who doesn't know a lot of Jasmine stuff to listen to her. And her most recent thing that she released actually was the song from Tick, Tick, Boom, which is like a, a film version of a musical. And it's called Come to Your Senses. And that's amazing. And she's incredible. So I would just recommend her wholeheartedly to anybody who likes good R&B music. Okay, so now it's time for songs gay people like. This is the part of the podcast where my guest adds three songs to our playlist on Spotify. I add one. You can find the playlist by just searching songs gay people like. So Matt, do you have three songs to add? Yeah, I'm going to keep it all like quite coherent. It's going to be all in the same. Go sound. for it. And it's all going to be like female R&B-ish sounds from the 90s. Love it. So we'll start with, because I checked and it's not there. So we're going to put Honey on there. Great. We're going to put the smooth mix, no rap, like I said. We're putting that one on. Okay, fine, fine, fine. That, that's the one I prefer. <laughs> yeah. The second one we're going to put on is the Teddy Riley remix of Stay by Eternal. Oh, you love a remix. You did say it. It's all about the remix. Okay, great. And then I'm like torn. There's two choices I have for the final one. They're both female acts, female group, girl groups. The first choice for my third option is Whatever by En Vogue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Carl would be happy with that. Yeah, good one. My second is Head Over Heels by Allure. Oh, I'll just put on Head Over Heels. You put on uh, En Vogue and I'll put on Head Over Heels. That's why. Because I was going to put on Honey and we can't put like, we can't put on twice. So Head Over Heels, what an incredible song. And it is obviously Mariah adjacent. This was Allure, her her group that she signed to her record label. Didn't last too long. And it, I, I think it was going to be a Mariah song, I think. But it, it, like, it sounds so much like it that I was, I was in another room when it was playing, I can't remember, like, recently, and it was, and I, I was like, oh, so there's Mariah playing in the other room, and it yeah. and then I, then I realized, oh, no, it's not, it's that. that no, that's a, that's a, a fantastic choice, and, um, and whatever as well, definitely. All right, we'll put them on the playlist. Thank you very much. Um, finally, your final duty here today is what do you think we could put as a poll on the Twitter? Do you have any ideas for that? Well, I mean, we have, like, already the one option, right, which is... Is it a song? Is it a song? Or not? <laughs> what about Loverboy, the two versions? I mean, no, that's not no. as funny. I mean, it's more funny, like, is it a song or not? But like, <laughs> what, what, I, what I prepared was I said, like, which of these four is more iconic, right? Oh, yeah. The Honey Escape scene. Uh-huh. The Bianca fight. Yeah. The face at the Oscars. <laughs> okay. Or... Everybody needs a little therapy sometimes. Love it. Let's do it. And I don't, I don't know what my answer is, to be honest with you. I think it's the face that you're also going to... <laughs> Excellent. Because, Excellent. You know why? Because the face of the Oscars is relatable. <laughs> Matt, thank you very much for talking to me about this iconic part of an iconic person's career. I've really enjoyed it. Would you, when she returns with the Butterfly Lounge, whatever that's going to be, I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Would you be so kind as to let me know? Of course, I'll let you know. Amazing. Right, Matt, thank you so much. You too. Thank you. Cheers. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. And thank you again to Matt for that chat. I really enjoyed it. Um, I actually woke up the next day thinking, why didn't we talk about the fact that Jade from the Sugar Babes played Mariah on Netflix? 
and I asked Matt about it and he hadn't seen it and I hadn't seen it. So that's fine. So we'll have to talk about that again. Uh, we really should watch that though. Also, I wanted to get in touch with Ben from Mariah Part 1 to see what his thoughts on this whole period were. So I just asked him his general thoughts on this album and then which track he would say, I don't know her to, um, from each of the albums. So here's what Ben had to say. So bro, just saw this. Um, honey, it's a lover boy. Huh? Well, Honey, the third single from Mariah to debut at number one on Billboard. Achievement Mama, pleased with that one. Hot video. The album is considered her purpose magnum for most lambs, but not for me. I mean, it's a fucking stunning album, but for me, that honor goes to the emancipation on Meet Me. Then you had Rainbow Album. Yeah, some good tracks on there. Then Glitter, yeah. Glitter is my least listened to album. Close with memoirs, but I mean, I love that. It's just very retro, so you have to be really in the mood to listen to Glitter. And I don't know her tracks from Butterfly. I love skipping the beautiful ones. I don't know why. I mean, I do love it when I have moments when I want to listen to it, but otherwise, beautiful gowns, beautiful ones. And on Rainbow, oh, it's that. Did I do that? Did I do that? Oh, I can't bear that track. She went rogue on that one. Anyway, bro, looking forward to hearing this gig. Much love to you, bro. The podcast doing well. Did you throw away a thousand random points tonight? Did you? Giggery, man. Giggery. Love you, bro. Bye. Thank you, Ben. Yeah, Ben has been a little bit dubious when it comes to the extra points that have been given out in the quiz recently. Okay, that's nearly it. Remember, you can follow us at Gay People Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, the Spotify playlist is songs gay people like. We'll be back in two weeks with a Christmas special. Uh, stick into the music world and kind of stick into the a similar period, 90s, 2000s. So that'll be out on Christmas Eve is the plan. But for now, I'll hand you over to my mom. I gave her a list of like the 10 main singles from this period of, of Mariah's career and asked her just to pick five to listen to and tell me what she thought, like uh, from fifth place to first place. And then because it is a special anniversary, uh, 20th episode, my dad makes an appearance as well to give his opinion on Mariah. So um, thank you very much for listening uh, and I'll talk to you next time. Hello, everybody from uh, Calm Dublin this evening. And I want to send you a Christmas greeting. So I wish you all Nolik Honayev. I hope you all have a lovely Christmas and spend lots of lovely time with your families. Kevin tells me it's Mariah part two today. So I'm having a little bit of a problem with one or two of them. I like them equally, but pleasantly surprised, really. You know, I, I know I've heard them before along the way because Kevin you couldn't live in the same house as Kevin and not have Mariah Mariah Blairden somewhere anyway I'm going to rate them number five first would be Loverboy didn't uh, didn't really love it number four in it number four when you believe with Whitney Houston very nice number three take a look at me now with Westlife just lovely. I should they're only babies and uh, number two is my all. I love her soft stuff. And number one is Butterfly. Very gospely and I love gospel music anyway. I really enjoyed listening to them. Yeah, that's my thoughts now, uh, this evening. As I say, she she possibly wouldn't be one of my favourites, but that's because I just don't listen. She's actually very good. The softer ones I love, the folky ones. Now, Kev, what do you think of Mariah Carey? Um, as a singer? Well, I'm not asking about anything else. Uh, yeah, she's a great range of her voice. She's a great singer. She's had some terrific hits. 
but she, some of the songs don't do anything for me. She just goes too high and, and screeches nearly. But however, I'll have to admit that she is up there with the top divas in the female singers. I could take her in small doses. I wouldn't sit there and listen to a whole album of her by any means, but I listen to the summer, the Christmas songs are very good and her other songs can be good in place. Is uh, so definitely I'll give her eight out of ten. Okie dokies, thank you for that, Kevin. Escape people like.